You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson, and it's so great to have you here with us on today's show. Locked On Blue Devils is a daily podcast devoted to everything going on in the life of Duke athletics, and we appreciate you making us your first listen or first watch each and every day. Lockdown Blue Devils is a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Sling TV. Sling has something for everyone, especially when it comes to college football coverage. With a massive lineup of games across the ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12, and SEC, I can always catch the games I want on Sling, and now you can too. Check out Sling TV now to see the massive lineup of games they have all season long. Sling, the TV you love for a price you'll love. Try it today. As we get set to open up today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, we're going to talk a lot about Duke's win over Jacksonville to open up the season. The Blue Devils are now 1-0 and on the year, and I'm really excited to bring on my good friend Connor O'Neill from Devils Illustrated to talk about everything. If you haven't done so already, be sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast for free wherever you get them. You can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore and also watch the show each and every day on YouTube subscribe there for us as well your support means the absolute world so now without further ado let's bring in Connor O'Neill and Connor it's so good to see you once again as always and it's even better to know that on today's show we've actually got a game result that actually counts towards stats and records and that sort of thing to break it all down thanks for being on the show today man thanks for having me yeah it's uh it's nice to we don't have to talk about the box score from the Houston closed door that nobody was supposed to have. And we don't have to talk about an exhibition game that, you know, it, it counts and then it doesn't count when the season actually starts. So, yeah. It's, it's good. It's good. And we were able to see Duke take on Jacksonville on Monday night. Uh, it was the first game. John Shire takes over the program as the head coach for the first time in 42 years. Mike Krzyzewski was not the head coach that walked out of the tunnel and made his way toward the bench inside Cameron Indoor Stadium. I want to start there, Connor, as someone who, who covers Duke Athletics and uh, who gets to be at so many games there inside that venue. What was that moment like when it was John Shire that walked out and was introduced as the head coach officially? You know, I think I think for John, it was such an anticipated moment that he he just tried to soak it in a little bit. I think there's also, you know, I think there's some relief that comes with that because, you know, the, the, this transition was announced, what, 17, 18 months prior. Um, it, it just, it was, it was a feeling of finally reaching a finish line. Uh, and that's, that's kind of weird to say, given he's, he's one and zero in his career uh, as, as Duke's head coach. Like you, you think that this is the the starting point, but um, just this transition period feels like it's it's finally reached its last step, its last gasp. And uh, I noticed John uh, not when he came out for the first time, but when he came back out at halftime, he walked um, past Duke's past the uh, press row and where the crazies are hanging over press row. And I thought I caught him saying, "I appreciate you." Um, you know, thank you, thank you to the crazies as he was walking past them. And I think that meant a lot. Um, 
after the game, he he talked about how he's he's basically grown up in Cameron. Like he's a kid from Chicago that came to Duke and played at Duke, obviously won a national championship at Duke and has been an assistant coach at Duke. So it's a it's a natural journey for him to be at this point right now. And so I, I think there was a lot of, uh, of of soaking in of the moment and also wanting to kind of move past this first one, get get it out of the way, get it in, into the books um, and now move forward. No doubt. And, and and we will move forward with John Shire as the head coach of Duke men's basketball. Super exciting uh, to see what he's going to be able to do with this program. And you're right. It does feel like the moment kind of came to a close, which is so weird to say because the season is just now starting. But you add into the timeline that we've known about this for over a year, that it was prior to last year that we got the news that John Shire would take the seat from Mike Krzyzewski. And so because we've known so long, it's drug out this uh, transition period as, as you'd worded it. And um, yeah, and here we are. Now we know that he's the head coach. Now it won't be as weird, I don't think. Uh, we'll have bigger moments with John Shire on the sidelines. The Duke and UNC games will have a totally different feel, uh, not having not having Coach K on one side, not having Roy Williams or Dean Smith on the other. Uh, and, and yeah, we move forward into a new stage of Duke and uh, basketball and that sort of thing. So on the floor... Duke has their first game of the season. And uh, what, what stood out to you from the game? Big picture. Um, well, everything that they said about the defense being a focal point of this team and emphasized uh, really shows up when you only give up 44 points. Um, and, you know, one of one of the many areas that I locked in watching was Kevion Nolan. It was a really good guard for Jacksonville last year. And that was that was a 21 win team. I think they were one win away from being an NCAA tournament team. Um, they Jeremy Roach and even Mark Mitchell at one point was guarding him. I think Proctor was on to him at, at times as the primary defender. Uh, Kevion Nolan, I think, was one for nine with five points. Like they really did a nice job of taking him out of the game, and that's Jacksonville's best player. Uh, sticking with the defense, I mean, I, I wrote about this. Uh, the, the cheating aspect of it is I had about 450 words written going into the game and then <laughs> watching Mark Mitchell play defense and watching him switch on to, uh, like I said, he was on Kevion Nolan, who's a, you know, six, two, six, three quick guard. And then he's guarding big men. He's playing the four. Uh, he never, he never got to play the five. Uh, that was a lineup that John threw out there in the exhibition game for the last three minutes of the first half, uh, just to see if Mark could handle that. And so I wrote a story yesterday um, about how his defensive versatility is just going to make things so much. It's going to play such a role. Uh, even when Derek Lively and Derek Whitehead come back, like Mark Mitchell is going to be a key cog for this team defensively. And that's something that, you know, I, I don't know how many people really saw that coming. Like yeah. maybe – Maybe it's just me, but when when you tell me that a kid is a five star, I immediately think like he's going to be a bona fide scorer and he's got a, a little ways to go defensively. And man, Mark Mark is a is a different cat mindset wise. Like he wants to go out there and lock you down defensively. Uh, he was Duke's leading scorer with eighteen points. Like you'll take that. You'll take two threes from him as many games as you can get them. But uh, yeah, he'll. He'll play a huge role defensively for this team. 
18 points on the night for Mark Mitchell, including a couple of makes from three-point range, which was big for the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, we've got more individual performances to talk about in Duke's season opening win against Jacksonville. We'll do that in just a moment here on Locked On Blue Devils. Today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils is brought to you by Simply Safe. If you've thought about securing your home with home security but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up. Right now, Locked On Blue Devil listeners, can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you don't want to miss it. Simply Safe has been named the best home security of 2022 by U.S. World News Report, a third year in a row. In an emergency, 24 7 professional monitoring agents use fast product technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify that the threat is real so you can get priority police response. With the top-rated Simply Safe app, stay in complete control of your system anytime, anywhere. Arm or disarm, unlock for a guest, access your cameras, or adjust system settings. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. This is the biggest discount of the year. So don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on college. There's no safe like simply safe. Moving forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, I'm JJ Jackson alongside my buddy Connor O'Neill from Devils Illustrated. Duke basketball is now 1 0 on the year after their victory against Jacksonville. They win by a score of 71 to 44. We talked about Mark Mitchell's performance, 18 points on the night a couple of makes from three-point range. Uh, and then, Connor, so many people wanted to see Jeremy Roach back in action. Talk to me about Roach's performance. Yeah, it just it, – it felt so steady. Um, his, his defense was there. His leadership was there. All 16 points came in the first half, and it was a really fun exchange. Uh, I think it was Tyrese Proctor shot a three. Duke didn't go two for one, which was one of the – few uh subtle things that you know coach k would have right been a little perturbed by <laughs> uh so duke had a chance to go two for one and didn't tyrese proctor takes a three and duke gets an offensive rebound with less than 20 seconds so there's no shot clock and jeremy launches a three from the top of the key with 14 seconds left and it's like man you better make that and he did like it was <laughs> four three of the half uh he made it and um they came down and got a stop, and uh, Shire went to Roach uh, immediately when they when they came onto the court. And like there was there was a little bit of Cheshire cat grinning going on with with Jeremy and and, and uh, Jeremy told us afterward, like John said, you you better have made it if you were going to shoot that. You better have made that shot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so their their relationship is really good, um, and yeah, just I mean. You you might if you want to get hung up on a nitpick that Jeremy didn't score in the second half, you can. Like that's something that you know when somebody has 16 points, you you don't automatically assume they're going to get to 30, but you'd at least like to see him score once in the second half. I don't I don't even buy that. That's a big deal. He didn't need to be scoring in the second half. Uh, Kyle Filipowski got going a little bit. Mark Mitchell had I think seven of his 18 in the second half. Like they. And Ryan Young got going in the second half. So uh, 
everything was there for Jeremy that you want to see uh, throughout the season. And John afterwards said something about uh, he really set the tone for Duke, uh, especially on the defensive end. And that, that carried over certainly in the second half. Love seeing Jeremy Roach at the point once again. Felt so confident and comfortable in his junior season now. He's used to everything that comes with being a Duke men's basketball player, and you can certainly see it. Yeah, you see 16 points, and then you find out all of them were in the first half, like we're saying. Not much scoring from him in the second half, and yet Duke was still able to win. Again, the final score, 71-44, and the defense is something so important to point out for this bunch with what Duke was able to accomplish. Let's go inside to the bigs. Kyle Filipowski, Ryan Young, both of those guys make their debut in the Duke uniforms. Uh, Ryan Young did not miss a single shot. Kyle Filipowski made a couple of shots from three-point range as well. Uh, the bigs seem to be impressive in their debut. Yeah, I thought I thought Filipowski and Proctor really had that deer-in-the-headlights first game look to them uh, early and Filipowski with about a, a little more than a minute left in the first half. Uh, again, Jeremy Roach setting the tone. Uh, he set him up for a top of the key three on a secondary break. And Filipowski made it. And you could you could just see the, the relief come over him. You could see the kind of deep breath. Uh, yeah. I equated it. I, Wendell was going through a struggle last year and, and was really – uh, had some shooting woes for a couple games, and then he he finally hit one. And I watched him go back on defense, and it just looked like all the all the pent up emotion had drained from his body. It was so crazy to see, and I I, I had fun talking to him about that last year. Uh, I thought the same thing with Filipowski, and he said after the game, he kind of confirmed that, you know, yeah, that he was he was going a little too fast, and hitting that shot just seemed to bring everything uh, to about half speed. Uh, from where he was going in the first few minutes of the game. And and that was huge. And then, man, Ryan Young, I mean, it, it's going to be so easy to make the old man at the YMCA jokes this year, but it's not without validation. Like, he just – he's so fundamental. He's going to hit you with a million different pivots and drop steps, and he can score over both shoulders, as John said, after the game. Uh, he brings so much to the table. It's – it's such a different feeling from what we think Derek Lively is going to bring to the table with being a 7-1 guy who's a rim runner and a rim protector and a can maybe make some threes for you on the outside and can cut, you know, all the all the different stuff Derek Lively can do. That's not what Ryan Young is going to do, and, and maybe that's a good thing. Like maybe, it, you know, we're still in football season here, so I can talk about having running backs that, you know, sometimes you need change of pace backs. Yeah. You don't need to have – uh, for water bugs in your backfield. Sometimes you need that that pound and grind guy. And I think that's more of what Ryan Young brings to the table. And so it was really encouraging to see him kind of go to work there. I I want to say at least at least four of his baskets came in the second half, maybe five of them. Like I, I really felt like he got going in the second half there too. Um and and that was again that that was really encouraging to see him have that kind of impact uh, early in his Duke career. The Duke Blue Devils are 1-0 on the season after a 71-44 win against Jacksonville. Coming up on Friday, their second game of the season when they take on South Carolina Upstate. Let's talk a little bit more about some individual performances and what's next for Duke basketball. And we'll do that in just a moment 
here on Locked On Blue Devils. Locked On Blue Devils today is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar's got new reimagined flavors that I need to tell you about. Cookie Dough Topper, Coconut Brownie Bar, and Coconut Brownie Topper are three of the newest ones. White Chocolate Peppermint Granola is Built's take on the granola bar, so it's more fulfilling and still insanely tasty. And Candy Cane Brownie Puff, Built Puffs are like biting into the universe's most delicious cloud. It is so good. They're revolutionizing nutrition as we know it with 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, and low sugar and calories. Only 130 calories. It's just absolutely amazing. Built, you've got to try this. Get 15% off your order right now by using the code LOCKEDON15. 15% off your order right now by using the code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. Final few moments here on today's episode of Locked On. Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson, alongside my buddy Connor O'Neill from Devils Illustrated. Connor, I want to talk about your work with Devils Illustrated for a moment. Tell us a little bit about what you got going on. You did mention that football season is still moving forward. Duke football <laughs> is now bowl eligible in year one of the Mike Elko era. So uh, you're a professional juggler these time of years with uh, the coverage you've got back and forth. Yeah, you know, it was uh, it was unfortunate circumstances, but it was a little easier to juggle things last year when Duke football was really kind of <laughs> tank. Yeah, um, no doubt. But yeah, I'll, uh, I'll be at the Virginia Tech-Duke game. It's Duke's first home game in about a month, which is a weird little scheduling quirk with road games and uh, the off weekend there. And uh, they're playing a pretty bad Virginia Tech team, so... That's uh that's coverage coming up. I'll also I'll be at Friday night's game for Duke USC Upstate. Um it's a it's a busy week. It's a busy time of year, but I always uh always try to remind myself as often as possible it's better to be busy than not. What can people find at Devils Illustrated? Tell us a little bit about some of the stories that you've got. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that that would help. Uh so uh, like I said, I, I wrote a feature about Mark Mitchell. I uh, had fun talking to Mark both after the exhibition game and after the opener against Jacksonville. His nickname is Easy uh, because he was so easy that. to take care of as a <laughs> as a baby. Uh, a, a story off of the off of the opening game, of course. Um, John Shire taking it all in before the game, and uh, and a and a story on the football team up there too, um, kind of showing that. The, the November win, uh, this team hadn't won a game in November since 2019 when Quentin Harris was the quarterback, really shows how far Duke has come in such a short amount of time under Mike Elko. No doubt. That's crazy stuff. Check it all out. Devils Illustrated, a part of the Rivals community. Make sure you subscribe as well. Connor O'Neill here with us on today's show. All right, Connor, let's keep talking Duke basketball for a moment as we move forward and, and kind of transition into our, our final parts here of today's discussion. A big win for Duke against Jacksonville, 71-44. Uh, we've talked about Mark Mitchell's play, a team-high 18 points for the Blue Devils. Jeremy Roach had 16 solid performances on the inside from Ryan Young and Kyle Filipowski. What about those secondary guards? When you think about Tyrese Proctor making his collegiate debut, you mentioned sort of that deer-in-the-headlights look for Proctor and a really tough night shooting from the floor for him. And then Jalen Blake's. The sophomore, who people were curious what kind of a role he would have this season, he really stepped up to the plate. So those two guys in particular. Yeah, I like I said with Proctor, I mean, he just he looked like he was a little overwhelmed in the moment. 
Um, it's not totally unexpected. It was a little surprising given how calm and smooth he looked in countdown and uh, in the exhibition game. But, you know, that's a that's a team on team scrimmage and it's an exhibition against the D2. It's it's going to be harder when you play in D1 teams and the moment's going to be bigger when you're playing a season opener. So I don't think there's much to be concerned about if it persists for a few games. Uh, they'll certainly need him to to play well against Kansas in a week. But right now, I, I think you're still, you know, you can you can survive, obviously survive uh, with a 27 point win. Um Jalen Blakes. I mean, I, I asked John Shire about uh, Jalen after the at the end of the press conference, and I think the word he used was pitbull um, <laughs> to describe him. He he basically said the three pointers were a bonus with Jalen. His role is just going to be lockdown defender. Uh, he's I think listed at six two or six three. I'd be really curious what his wingspan is. His arms seem to be pretty long, and yeah. he might. He might be getting to a six four, six five, six six wingspan. Um, we always we we always just talk about that with the guys that are tall, right? We we talk about that with like Mark Mitchell. I think has more than a seven foot wingspan, and that's why he's so versatile defensively. But Jalen Blake's is is, is going to help this team. Uh, he's and and the shooting, like I know John said it was a bonus, but I there were a lot of half times last year that I found myself just kind of absentmindedly watching Jalen Blake's in warmups. And that shot was tough to watch. Like it was, it, it just, it was a weird release. He had kind of a quirky. You're exactly right. Yeah. yeah it, it was, it was semi painful to watch and man, he got in the lab uh, after the season ended and he, he worked on that thing had to be just about nonstop since last season ended because it's not like he doesn't look like Clay Thompson out there. I don't know if that's ever going to be him, but it's a workable shot for a college basketball player. And to get to that point from where he was last year is so impressive to me. And it, it, you know, it, it gives him a role on this team. Uh, it gives him a, a niche. Uh, and again, you know, we, I, I talk about, you know, Mark Mitchell probably, is going to be a valuable piece for this team. Even when the injured guys come back, Jalen Blake's, I mean, he's not getting his, his minutes aren't going to decrease when Derek Whitehead or Derek Lively come back. I, I would think, um, now you've got the, I'm looking here, 13 minutes. That might be a little much. Um, I might walk that back a little bit. He, he might be more of an eight to 10 minute guy. Um, but, but he's, he's going to have a role, which, is a development that this team kind of needed going into the season. Like, you know, they had to go out and get Jacob Grandison because they weren't sure that Jalen Blakes was going to be able to fill that role. And this is not to say that, you know, Grandison is not all of a sudden not going to have a role because Jalen Blakes is capable. It's just they're, they're fitting some pieces and they got some growth in areas that they really needed to have growth to, to reach their ceiling this year. Locked on Blue Devils here today talking about the Duke basketball win. If you're watching us on YouTube, we do have the box score added bonus here for you to take a look at. And Jalen Blakes, again, eight points in his debut, uh, pre or sophomore debut, I should say, uh, for Duke men's basketball. Terrific effort for him. Uh, a Duke team that knocked down 10 three-point shots from the outside. But, but, Connor, as we sort of wrap up and move forward with Duke, they've got the game coming up on Friday against South Carolina Upstate and then looming 
is we're now less than a week away from their big showdown with Kansas in the Champions Classic in Indianapolis. And Derek Lively II did not play for Duke in the season opener against Jacksonville. Some folks thought that maybe he'd be able to give it a go, still waiting on Tariq Whitehead as well to make his debut. So I think the health is another big thing that people want to uh, factor in with the Duke squad. Yeah, John said after the game that there's a, I think he used the term, really good shot that Derek plays against USC Upstate. Um, Derek, the big news with Derek is that he's finally been cleared for contact. Uh, that's that's a step. That's not a step that, you know, you get cleared for contact and all of a sudden you're back within a week. So I think it 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 might be until PK85 until we see Derek, Derek, I think we see, if not on Friday night, I think we could see him against Kansas. I don't know if you want your, your freshman big man to be making a season debut on that stage, but you know, it, it it's not like he'd be yeah. the, it's not like he'd be the first Duke freshman to have to debut in the champions classic with that thing being the season opener for the right. Last That's season. what I was going to, in years past, we've seen it many times for yeah. sure, for sure. We'll see, and uh, looking forward to the game as always. Connor, thank you so much for the time here, uh, and I can't wait to chat with you again on Locked On Blue Devils, my friend. Sounds great. Thanks for having me, JJ. That is Connor O'Neill, and he's joining us here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. Always appreciate his coverage and insight of all things Duke Athletics. Do yourself a favor and follow the Devils Illustrated coverage for Duke. As we wrap up today's episode of the program, we'll be back later in the week to continue to get you set for what's next for Duke men's basketball ahead of that massive Champions Classic game. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Make sure you also check out our Locked On Blue Devils YouTube page. Subscribe there as well. If you're listening on the Apple Podcast platform, we'd love a five-star rating and review. That's going to do it for today's episode. As always, go do. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.